Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Abilene Bible Church, and welcome to our communion table. This is an uh, um, integrated uh, part of our worship. Um, you know, in your worship to God, you give Him praise, and then uh, and uh, thank thank Him for what He has done for us. That's what we've just done in singing. Okay, and uh, um, afterward we remember the essential grace that he has given, which is Christ Jesus on the cross. And this is what it's about. Okay. And the remembrance is not just about mind. Okay. It's about the linking of life, the cleansing of the incoherence, and making us in uh, obedience to God. So, this is an integrated part of the worship. And after this, our sermon is receiving instruction from God about how to live a life for God. So we do believe that all these three parts, singing in praise and worship, okay, and then the communion and the teaching are all in integrated. And uh, even though many churches will do it, you know, once per, what, uh, month or something like that, yeah. Um, but I have inspected the Bible. I found out the biblical picture is that when you gather, you break the bread. Okay, so that's why we want to keep our tradition, our service. Therefore, it's a little longer than most other churches, but we receive the full package. Okay, <laughs> there's no regret about that. So when we do communions, we come before God. We first of all give our confessions of our sins. You know, sins can be sins of commission and sins of omission. As you grow in Christ, your sins of commission may get less. Your sins of omission actually grows because you know more about what you should do, but you can't do them. <laughs> you know, so you confess, and any thoughts, any motive, any acts, and any words that is incoherent with the character of God and with the life of Christ, we make a confession. We be honest before God. He knows it anyway, right? Yeah, so it's better to be honest. And once you're honest with God, and then you will vow to him that you want to change for better. You want repentance. You want to grow to be more like Christ. And then this kind of prayers, God guarantees to hear. And uh, let his word from the Bible be reminding you Whenever you're trying to do something, you know what you should do and what you shouldn't do, and then you become more like Christ. This is how sanctification works. Okay, so communion is a time to get us clean before God, be filled with the Holy Spirit, and uh, live a life in a higher plateau. Every week, it's like you're going a step up. Okay, you confess, you receive, you go higher, and you walk forward. You may be a basket at the leaks the Holy Spirit <laughs> like water and as always do but then your next week your confession and your communion will lift you up again and again so it's sanctification is a step-by-step -step path to be more like Christ and this is an integral part of it so let's confess our sin before God give him a moment of silence and we'll pray God, our Heavenly Father, we come to you with gratefulness, with humble, humbleness. 
And uh, we thank you for that you love us without good reason because of us, but a good reason because of your sovereignty. You chose us before the foundation of the world. You've regenerated our spirit through the Holy Spirit. You have redeemed our sin through your Son, your only begotten Son, who is God uh, in character and uh, nature, but he became a man. He lived the righteous life and who didn't deserve death, but in obedience to you and in love for us, he went to the cross voluntarily. He suffered the most literally excruciating death, all for the sake of paying for what we owe you. And you guided him to do so, and you also saved him from the dead. He is not only loving and sacrificing himself, he is also successful and victorious. And now he has a, an account of righteousness with infinite value to share with his beloved bride. That is the church. And we who by your grace have believed in him are part of it, and we are glad to be part of it. This morning we come to you confessing our iniquities. We know that even though our spirit has been regenerated, our soul is being sanctified. The Holy Spirit works in us, telling us in a still small voice how to live a life that's pleasing to you. And there are times, however, that we do not listen and we deviate from the model of life, which is Christ Jesus. And for those, we are sorry. We come to you, we confess, and we vow for repentance. And we pray for your empowerment, for your guidance, and then for you, you to show your glory in sanctifying us. And we trust that your promise is true, that we will all be completely sanctified at the end, at the time of our resurrection. Or if we, by your providence, live at a time of rapture, uh, we'll be changed completely to be like Christ. We trust in your promise, but before then, we want to make your will be true day by day. We confess our iniquity and we pray. Uh, we receive your forgiveness and we pray for the change, for the not only forgiveness, but also the, uh, the lifting up, the transformation that you promised in the power of the Holy Spirit and the name of Jesus Christ. And it's in that name we pray.
this church, when we do communion, we have a short, uh, we call it communion devotional. Some people call it Sermon One. <laughs> and uh, it's uh, about five, ten minutes uh, saying. It's um, um, usually not prepared in the sense as a sermon. Okay, and uh, it, it's impromptu uh, from me, uh, according to what God put in my mind relating to this communion. And recently we have started to do series, because we started to um, talk about Christ in the Old Testament, right? We did a pretty long series called Christ in the Psalms, and there are many Messianic Psalms that predicted about Jesus Christ, okay? And that was great, rewarding review. And uh, there is a trend among Christians who say that Christ is in every Bible, every book of the Bible, and they will say, in this, Christ is this, in this, Christ is this. I personally don't see them at the same level. Okay, somewhere it's more of a stretch than others. Okay, uh, but I do understand that the Bible have literal meaning, have direct meaning, and it have spiritual meaning, not spiritual lies that you impose on it, but spiritual meaning is kind of the extension of the direct meaning. Okay, and that, in my theology and uh, uh, the way of interpreting the Bible is acceptable. Okay, and I think we should know that because we have the Holy Spirit who see not just the letter but the Spirit, <laughs> right? So uh, see the spiritual meaning, not the spiritualize the meaning by man. Okay, that's our goal. Okay, so right now we are trying to see where is Christ in the wisdom books. So today I'm going to uh, show you where's Christ in Proverbs. Okay. Um, in Proverbs 8, okay, it talks about wisdom. Does not wisdom call and understanding lift up her voice on top of the heights beside the way? Where the paths meet, she takes her stand beside the gates at the opening the of the city, to the city. At the entrance of the doors, she cries out, To you, O man, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. O naive ones, discern prudence. O fools, discern wisdom. Listen, for I shall speak noble things, and the opening of my lips shall produ will produce right things. For my mouth will utter truth, and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the utterance of my mouth are in righteousness. There is nothing crooked or perverted in them. They are all straightforward to him who understands, and right to those who find knowledge. Take my instruction and not silver, and knowledge rather than choicest gold. For wisdom is better than jewels, and all desirable things cannot compare with her. I, wisdom, Dwell with prudence, and I find knowledge and discern. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance and the evil way, and the perverted mouth I hate. Counsel is mine, and sound wisdom. I am understanding power is mine. By me kings reign, and rulers decree justice. By me princes rule and nobles all who judge rightly. 
I love those who love me. And those who diligently seek me will find me. Riches and honor are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, even pure gold, and my yield than choicest silver. I walk in the ways of righteousness, in the midst of the path of justice, to endow those who love me with wealth, that I may fill their treasures. The Lord possesses me at the beginning of his way, before his works of old. From everlasting I was established, from the beginning, from the earliest times of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth, when there were no springs, abound with water before the mountains were settled before the hills i was brought forth while he has not yet made the earth and the e fields nor the first dust of the world when he established the heavens i was there when he inscribed a circle on the face of the deep when he made firm the skies above when the springs of the deep became fixed when he set for the sea its boundary, so that the water would not transgress his command. When he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him as a master workman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the world, his earth, and having my delight in the sons of men. Now therefore, O sons, listen to me, for blessed are they who keep my ways, Heed instruction and be wise, and do not neglect it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at my doorposts. For he who finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who sins against me injures himself. All those who hate me love death. The words from wisdom herself. Wisdom is a con uh, how would say abstract word, which in Hebrew all abstract words are feminine in gender. So some people say that uh, the gender uh, wisdom here is feminine is because of simply the language, but I think it means more than that. Okay. For at the end of this book, there is an example of a woman of excellence. She is the example of wisdom applied in life. Okay. She is wise woman. She uh, manages everything of her household. She has a real power. <laughs> but she wants her husband to have the glory as the elder at the city gate. And she cares about her children's welfare. She wants to raise them and make them promise, uh, prominent. And she uh, rules over the servants. She directs their works. And uh, um, she has a real power, but she, her care is for the glory of her husband and the future of her children. And she, does, she hides behind the scenes. She runs everything okay, with the given resource from the father, the husband. But she runs everything, making them most efficient to work. That woman is the epitome of wisdom. For knowledge is simply a collection of facts. But wisdom is using knowledge most efficiently for the good 
as the ultimate good. And that's what this woman does, and that's what wisdom does. So who is the eternal wisdom uh, who has the real power and runs everything, but hides behind the scenes, who cares only for the glory of the Father and the future of the Son? That's the Holy Spirit. So I believe as a person uh, implied by this wisdom, it points to the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, not the Son, the second person of the Trinity. So in that sense, it does not directly apply to the Son, who is the Word and the Way, who became Jesus Christ, lived among us, and who showed us God's glory. But in an extended sense, it does apply to Jesus Christ. Because isn't Jesus Christ also the Word? Well, what does the Word, uh, I mean, what does the Word sound in Greek? Logos. What does Logos relate to? Logic, reason, the principles, the reason behind everything. Why did God create heaven and earth? To create man. Why did God create a man? From mankind, he's going to create the bride of Christ. And that's the purpose of all time, all history. So the, the meaning of everything, if there is any meaning, is to relate to this ultimate goal of God, the eternal purpose of God in creation and in redemption and in sanctification and in glorification is all for the glory of the Father, for the future of the Son, and it is run by the Holy Spirit. You see, behind the scenes. Okay. So, yeah, Jesus Christ is the reason behind everything. If you want to find meaning of life, what you do, you say, what does this have to Jesus Christ? Have to do with Jesus Christ. Will that glorify him? Will he be pleased with this? Will he do this if he is me? Okay. If you can relate to him, you found the ultimate meaning of whatever you do in life. Okay. And uh, in that sense, if you are in Christ, you are in wisdom. For you are wise to follow the king of the world who is already enthroned, sitting on the right hand of the Father. You're wise. You have wisdom if you follow him. You're foolish if you reject him, right? So in that sense, all that is said about, the, the about wisdom here applies in an extended sense to logos, okay? But in person, it does not. But in principle, it does. So what is Christ? Who is Christ? Where is Christ in Proverbs? He is the wisdom who is Holy Spirit, but when it's extended as the reason of everything, okay? And it is wise for us to know the reason of doing things in our lives, okay? Otherwise, you just, you know, frivolous, okay? And you want to have reason and meaning, okay? You have wisdom, and the greatest wisdom is to be in Christ Jesus. Receive the love from God expressed through Him. God gave his son to die for us. What else do you demand for love? Nothing else. 
Okay? And in addition to that, he also resurrected Jesus from the dead. He is not only a man who loves his future bride with the willingness to die for her, that's love, but he also has the victory over his enemies. He has the power. He has the means to give and provide. And that's important for women too. Right? So if you want to marry somebody, marry somebody who's rich. <laughs> who's richest in righteousness? Christ Jesus. Right? So you're wise if you receive his love and say, I do. And now you have wisdom. The Holy Spirit will say, good son, good child. Dear God, our Heavenly Father, <coughs> thank you for giving us your Son. And thank you for letting the Holy Spirit teaching us the wisdom to be in your Son, which is having the ultimate wisdom. We are here remembering the sacrifice Christ gave us and also re remembering his victory. This bread, is, uh, it is the unleavened bread representing his sinless life, which he gave for us on the cross. We take this in remembrance of his sacrifice. And this wine uh, is double meaning. It, uh, it is re uh, reminding us his blood shedding shed for us, covering us from your wrath, but it also uh, reminding us of his second coming. When he shall drink real wine at the, uh, the wedding of the Lamb with his bride, celebrating his victory, your victory, which is our victory. We pray that as we remember this, we will be encouraged to trust in you and live a righteous life by your power and give all glory to you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The body of Christ was given to us in taking this bread in remembrance of his sacrifice. This represents Jesus' blood shed for us, and when taking this, we remember his past grace and the future grace, promise. We take this in remembrance of him. Dear Lord Jesus Christ, we come to you humbly accepting your love. We are humbled by how much you loved us by giving us your life. We're also encouraged and uh, um, by your victory, your defeating death and sin and your uh, promise that you not only give us, um, gave us a, um, a new spirit with the Holy Spirit living in us uh, as how to, uh, God's down payment for us, but we will in the future see you and the Father face to face. We trust in your word, for you have proven to be real and good to us in changing our lives and protecting us from evil. We pray that we will be made more like you and completely like you at the end, and that you will be proud to receiving us collectively as your bride at the end when you come. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.